0: Hi everyone. Hi. Hi. Good evening. Mm. How are we this evening? Good? Are you having a good week? Are you having a good night? It's good to see all of your pretty pretty faces again. Welcome to this speech. I hope you have a great experience. I hope you have some listening joy. I hope you learn something. I hope you come away from this richer and improved and less ridiculous. First of all, I'd like to apologise for the last few weeks. Now, I know I have been, how would I say, in breach of the rules in my community-based order by drinking during these talks. However, I like to smash a few dozen cans of Ringwood bitter uh, when I'm talking to you. Now, I'm off the Amber Gold this week and I'll be sticking to the Tarex Lemonade. So, bubbly fun times are growing and what a great what a great time to be alive. Now, how are you Billy Leadbeater? Still hallucinating at night time? Yeah, still seeing Johnny Turk invading your foxhole? Look, well, don't worry mate. Pneumonia will get to you before some anti-Australian virus like the imminent Indonesian invasion. You know, you know what it's like. Just take it easy. Take five. A big five. They say that a boatload of Indonesian troops were seen off the coast of Jakarta fishing for dead pirates. So, hang on. Oh, no, that was my last night's dream nugget. Or, uh, like a chicken nugget. Or, if you prefer, a chicken nugget. Um, every night I watch C-grade action movies from home show video. I drink like a sober Don Lane and smoke Peter Paradox's Backyard Best Export Jamaican. Last night I watched Albie Mangles' Mission to Mount Disappointment and Rick Digger's last film, Spit Roast Exclusion Zone. Both were pretty good. Fist fights, 4WD racing, gun battles, bushland, pie-eating hot women and even hotter muscly men. So after that ritual, I drifted off into a hazy slumber, drowning in a green mist, pissing into my bath by accident, and then crashing my go-kart into my neighbour's caravan. <laughs> Alright, whoa, sorry about that. Breathe Reginald, breathe, yeah, in and out, in and out. Okay. It's all about rhythm, it's all about the rhythm. Just think of it like a, a backbeat. So I probably should get on with my story, if you're already ready, seatbelts on. Now last week I told you uh, about uh, women that I've returned from, become, oh sorry, uh, I've become, returned from a, I've become, um, oh, oh, uh, be getting a train from Texas Queensland to Geelong and then back into the rest of, no it wasn't a train was it, it was my car, that's right. Um, Now, I was going to tell you about those inscriptions, which I may do, but what you have to remember though is that at that time, things had gone truly to the dogs, I mean truly to the dogs, like a can of pal, but by pal I don't mean a friend, I mean a tin of meat, of mashed up meat, and that's what my mind felt like, mashed up meat. I'd cracked under pressure while up north, my ego shredded like a rotting roadkill. My money floundered on mindless, drunken vandalism sprees. And I, looking back I feel ashamed of that. Um, I'd, I, I should probably say a quick side note on that. I'd, uh, I'd fashioned some kind of steel gauntlets for myself out of uh, metal from unused flowers. Not unlike the, the Keller gang, in fact I got my inspiration for them. So I'd fashioned these two metal gauntlets and put them on one night uh, after, a, I could say, a few quiet or not-so-quiet hours at the RSL and I'd gone down the main street systematically punching windows out of the shops. I started on the fish and chip shop, I punched the uh, panes out of the glass door and just beyond that was a tank with live fish while well, I punched that too. And uh, I've, I've moved on to the next shop, which was a, a dress shop for older ladies. So, I should probably get on with my story. Um, last week I told you, sitting dead men and women, that I'd return from becoming a broken man. Getting a train, or a vehicle I should say, with those inscriptions, those cheeky, tricky little inscriptions, And uh, so back from Texas, Queensland to Geelong, and then back to the recession-ridden Montalbert in the 1990s, or the 90s. Things had truly gone to the dogs. My mind had cracked while being up north. My ego shredded like a rotten little animal, and my money floundered on mindless, drunken vandalism sprees. My body turning into a flabby version of my former athletic hog. Now, as I drive my stolen vehicle from Geelong straight into Albert, I clearly saw the grey fog which had descended over a once sunny, happy and searing suburb. Everything looked like an eastern block nightmare. Grey faces, black clothes, black shoes, black socks, unemployed zombies walking the streets, flannel shirts, buttoned right up to the throat. Boys with centre parts and undercuts, more metalheads than ever seen before in history. And on top of all this, like a cherry on top of a cake, Montalbert metalheads have become even more sadistic and brutal in their persecution of young boys. Oh, they drove seatless cars sideways and on the wrong side of the road, American style, doing burnouts in the middle of the intersections, pouring Castrol into their tires. They would do standstills in the middle of Kuna, no fears of teachers. There were countless new subcultures I'd never seen before. I felt confused and I have to admit, even scared. There were also new American-looking gangs. Guys with baseball bats and baseball hats perched higher on their heads than a Brazilian parrot, baggier clothes than an impoverished 1930s golfer and an attitude more ruthless than a Queensland cop. There were guys with long hair, baggy pants, baggy jeans stripey shirts and a vacant, arrogant look in the eyes behind the Stalin-esque fringe. They looked like Englishmen had mated with a drowning cat, and I saw one of them behind food places with some other cheeky monkey throwing rocks and stones and pebbles and gravel and sediment at dogs and waking up angry old men. They laughed at me until I presented my slingshot named Navajo. I drove into the HE Broad car park, expecting them to give me a job straight back, straight into my hand. I walked in there in dirty clothes, sweaty, stinking, slightly soiled, underpants a little bit sticky, like booze and greasy long hair. As I staggered in there, the front office looked the same and I was pleased to see Cindy Smorelli still working at the reception. But she looked blankly at me. I said, Hey Cindy, it's it's me, Reginald. She said nothing and walked out to get the manager, Jack Rockwell. He came out in a quiet, concerned voice saying, Reginald, where where the heck have you been for nine months? We've been looming for you everywhere. Well, I lunged forward to hung him and I I forgot I had a knife in my hand. A split second before he kicked me right to the head. I accidentally vomited on myself and my head on the corner of the waiting table did crack and that was it. I ended up in the hospital, right deep into the hospital. Just down deep in the hospital was Sergeant Britsky standing over me, dropping his meat pie in my black eyes. He told me I'd been a missing person for at least six months. Six months! and he was disappointed that I was not dead in the bottom of a ditch or in a barrel of acid in the middle of Port Phillip Bay. I went into a rage, an absolute rage, and then accidentally spewed on myself again. Bull Up up it went. I went to H.E. Brule when I was exited from Box Hill Hospital, but it was 3 a.m. Sadly, I banged on them metal doors of the factory, but to no avail. My luck was over. As the cold, bitterly cold Melbourne winter night of 1990 penetrated my dusty and bloodied 1980s white suit, I knew my time was over. I drove my stolen car to my apartment in Ballwood. I banged on the door and noticed that the doors had been boarded up with signs saying I'd been kicked out. I drove back to Montalbert in a depressive haze, no hope of any future, like at the end of the series Comedy Company. A good thing had come to an end. I was now without a job, without a home, I'd gained at least 20 kilos, and I had lost pretty much most of my useless mind. I spent the next week or so in a confused state. You know how you have those nightmares where you're naked, and you wander around with streets or your workplace. That was me, but in the actual streets. I was literally wandering around naked, massive white body, screaming at myself in windows in 10 minute units. A few times I'd sneak up behind someone on the street, naked and breathing heavily. And then I'd start screaming at the top of my paranoid mind It was always, always going to end badly. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? One time I stood behind two elderly Indian men screaming from the terrifying white snowman. One of them looked like he dropped dead. The other started hitting me with a meat cleaver. Not the kind of thing you want to have on your username. I ended up sleeping in my stolen Corolla until a white ghost interrupted me. I was so scared, I did a lot of pieces of crap deep into my pants. This was the beginning of a new era for me, a new time, and I had just met my war husband. Fazburn had actually tried to break into my car and steal coins or whatnot into my car, he broke into my car, like a pathetic charcoal ninja. I spotted him rifling through my ashtray, I saw him there, and before he could say cowabunga, I jumped at him like Ricky May crushing 12 pack of chicken nudgets. As I tackled the useless robber called Fuzzboot, I started screaming in a violent rage, I was so furious that a little Bulgarian-shaped rodent was trying to rob the ingredients of the stolen car. I was hiding underneath some invisible blankets so he didn't see me. As I leapt up, he squealed like a dying rat and jumped, and I jumped on him like Jeff Kennett attacking a left-wing mustachioed schoolteacher. I was literally angry, I mean I was literally angry, that some little maggot was trying to steal something from this stolen vehicle. But within seconds my tackle of aggression turned into desperate hug screaming. As he realized I was crying in agonizing loneliness, he also started the sob he also started sobbing, beg your pardon. Sob crying. A sob crying marathon. For three hours in the dark laneway, we hugged and cried tears of terrifying laughter. Oh, I'll never forget that. And I'll never forget it again. Two strangers brought together By the horrors of the dying decade of decadence and an era of depression. The next day he introduced me to his gang of misfits and wannabes. I met them all, each and every one of them. Peter Paradox, Steve Stevenson, Barry Coldine and Razor Patchwork all within a 12 hour period. I could see there was a connection there, 12 nudgets, 12 hours. The next thing helped me to ascend above my depression it was and that was Fuzzburn. He invited me to stay in his pathetic flat. It was in Montalba, but felt more like I was living in a communist Bulgaria. That first night we watched Stallone's Cobra. I was a changed man watching the leather-clad Italian American shoot innocent murderers walking like a New Jersey crab. Spitting a Mark 10 on the local Mexicans. Magical stuff. The movie gave me new meaning, knowing that I could now use my strength and paranoia to rule the streets and bring dogs and fearsome monkeys to justice. Him and I were going to start a love-hate relationship worthy of a chapter out of the Manson family of Wobby's World. What a combo, Manson and Wobby's world. All the fun of the fair and all the horror and twisted conceptions and interceptions of an era that will only occur once and could never happen again. He introduced me into a family of scoundrels, poverty, depression, hilarity, drunken brawls, shooting sprees, constant urination, darkness, desperate loneliness, daily comedy, unpaid stuntman, burnouts, speeding, cop chasing, demon fighting, massive crapping on footpaths, guns and ammo, explosion, riding pigs, shunting ferrets, killing dreams, chugging booze, brewing death in me guts, pissing on the government, screaming at myself in the mirror, minutely nightmares, massive busting back pimples of pus and blood, sherry swilling, blood soaking, friend moshing, monkey killing, human riding, tank driving, turtle crushing, venom sucking, Dish smashing, can crushing, head banging, bin lining, side splitting, muck raking, spider dancing, glue spinning, bong chuffing, machine gun blasting, roof, roof to punching, igloo burning, fun that was going to change my life forever and a day. The 90s had begun and I was never going to be the same again. By the twinkle in your eyes, I can see that you can't wait to see what happens in the next era. Well, Glad you asked. Hang around for next week's thrilling conclusion. Don't go changing except for your soiled undergarments. (laughs) See you next week.